Hi, I'm Carol Pope, and you're listening to The Stewie Tunes Show with Tony Stewart and Aaron Badgley. Life can be messy sometimes, but music has helped countless people navigate through the worst of it and make it through to the other side. Today, we're going to be talking about second chances with our guest co-host, Walter DeBar. Walter is a musician with a unique style who hails from West Virginia and has an incredible story to tell. I have to warn you that we're going to be keeping it real today, folks, with some pretty powerful stories. But at the end of the day, we think that you'll feel hopeful and inspired. We've got some of Walter's songs in our show notes for today's episode at StewieTunes.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Stewie Tunes Show. These are insights and commentary on the music and musicians that shape our lives. And now, let's go back to class with your hosts, Tony Stewart and Aaron Badgley. Good evening, Mr. Badgley. How are you? I'm very well. How are you, Mr. Stewart? I am doing very well. And uh, you'll be happy to know that... uh, I started teaching my grade 9 class about the Beatles today, so that was pretty exciting. You're a pretty cool teacher, and uh, that's probably the only subject I passed in school, but they didn't teach it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's very cool. Did they like the Beatles? They did. They had some good questions, you know, and uh, it'll uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, couple of lessons here. Like their project for tomorrow is they have to choose a Beatles album, because they're all posted on YouTube anyway, you know, choose a Beatles album and listen to the whole thing and you know write uh, write about it so that'll be pretty interesting that's, that's a lot more interesting than coloring maps like i used to <laughs> exactly <laughs> so i am going to let you introduce our guest um and uh, i'll let you take it away uh, so you introduce our guest co-host here yeah this is an interesting story because uh i've never met this man in person face to face but he's my brother i love this man so december of 2019 i'm writing for spill and uh, Stephen says to me, my editor, Stephen says, you know, do you want to review this EP, uh, you know, from this new artist from West Virginia? And I'm like, well, sure, why not? You know, I'm always game for something. And uh, so I listened to We Fall, We Break, which came out December 2019 or thereabouts. And it floored me. It just absolutely floored me. And I wrote a review and I compared him to Bob Dylan. And he actually messaged me on Facebook, kind of blown away that I would compare him to Bob Dylan. He wrote a song called Oceans, which reminded me of Forever Young, not melodically, but certainly in content. We became friends. And uh, so Tony, uh, Walter DeBar is from West Virginia. He's a musician extraordinaire with a ton of influences from punk to Johnny Cash to just all roads in between. And he's one of the most talented writers today. And he's got the most unique vocal, like his voice, vocal. What can I say? Walter DeBar is my man. He also has an incredible story to tell because this is this is not just some guy who popped up on uh, American Idol and, you know, he's paid his dues and then some. So that's who it is. Walter DeBar is our guest co-host. Oh, man. Hey, guys. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show, man. It's great to uh, great to finally meet you. Yeah, thanks, man. It's so good to finally meet you guys. Aaron and I have been corresponding via the intranets, the intrawebs, and uh, man, he's he's just became my brother. You know, it's it's technology's a beautiful thing, man. I'm and so great to be here. I have to say that Walter Walter was supposed to do a show in April. And uh, he emailed or messaged me and said, I'll get you passes, man. You got to come. Yeah. 
<laughs> so my wife and my friend, we were all ready to do a road trip to West Virginia. Or actually, it wasn't in West Virginia. It was in Kentucky, right? Yeah. Yeah, that one was in Kentucky. Kentucky. And then the pandemic hit. So I've never – I always have a huge hug because this guy's a hugger I, for, the, for the record, everybody. Absolutely. <laughs> so we didn't get to meet in person. Maybe in the new year. Maybe in the new year. Yeah, hopefully it's gonna in the new year. It's going to happen. So, uh, Walter, uh, you know, I think we should probably start, uh, you know, with the elephant in the room always right now is this whole pandemic thing. Um, yeah. How, how are you handling this? Uh, you know, cause you're a, you're a musician who performs live and relies on that. And, uh, how are you handling everything right now? You know, man, we've, uh, we've been doing a whole lot of live streams. I've been trying to stay busy with, you know, with interviews. We're filming a documentary that should be out in the in the coming months. Uh, you know, we've played a few outdoor shows. We have a show coming up here uh, soon. Actually, this weekend, it's sort of a little like guitar shop deal. We've just been, man, we've just we've been play, staying busy, but trying to work a little more on the promotion and marketing side of things and learning that that aspect, you know. You're being a bit modest. He also <laughs> he also organized three days, but we'll talk about this later. But he's he's modest, man. He's very, he's working bloody hard recording new songs too. Yeah, yeah. We're definitely we we just recorded our our newest single, "Eyes to the Sky," and then uh, we've written four or five other songs that were uh, you know just just getting it together, trying to get back in the studio as soon as we can. And we've we've been busy, man. We've been busy. Oh, that's great to hear because, uh, you know, here uh, on in Ottawa, we just moved a step back again. We just found out a couple of days ago. So, I mean, I had a, mm. a gig booked for the end of the month and it's it's gone again. So Rick and I are uh, itching to play live again, but, uh, you know, God only knows when. We'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see. So um, when I was talking to you earlier, uh, you had mentioned that you really wanted to give some shout outs to your band. So I, I think this is a great time to do that. Tell us who you're playing with these days. Man, so I'm playing with the beautiful Pamela Kiesling, who is, you know, my soulmate. And she's also a poet. And she has a website that is PamelaKiesling.com. And it's filled with some beautiful poetry. She has a beautiful voice. It's a funny story, man, of how uh, she ended up singing on the record. And we'll talk about that after a while. But I'm also playing with Stephen Schumann, who is a classically trained cellist. I mean, he's phenomenal. And, and not only is he a phenomenal musician, but you just can't get better. And he's 20, 22 years old. He plays also plays with Cypress the Band, who is a, who are a three-piece, and they're just they're incredible. Check them out. I'm playing with McLean James Entwistle. That's my lead guitarist. And he also works for uh, the Press Room Recording in Ironton, Ohio. Another just phenomenal human being, man. I'm also playing with J.D. Thomas. That's my bass player. He's played in several other bands. He, he, he helps put together a lot of festivals. I mean, he's one, JD's just, he's, he's starting to be, he's became one of my best friends. You know, I want to kill him half the time and I love him the other half. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have a uh, baby brother, Cameron Anthony Miller, who plays for, he is the front man for uh, Private Miller and the Star Shooters. You guys can check his page out. And uh, he's just, Cameron's a, a huge uh, spokesperson for the BLM movement. He is, uh, 
he's just really involved in a lot of a lot of things going on in the world today, man. And I just I couldn't be more great. It's taken forever to find this band. I've been through several bandmates. <laughs> several of they're just like, Walter, we don't like how you handle things. And then but I mean, you know, shit happens sometimes. You just gotta roll with it. And I found this family of of people, of musicians who have just the, the music just flows, man. I don't tell anyone what to do. That's what makes our band so special. Everyone brings their own perspective to what we're doing. And that's the band's just been, we've just been writing, man. Writing, writing, writing. It brings some really strong, and I just want to back up a bit. Um, Pamela's poetry, everyone, please check it out. She writes incredible poetry and uh i don't want to embarrass her or, or walter but she's uh, an incredible talent and i remember the first time i heard her singing with you and uh she's oh, yeah. it's a beautiful mix man beautiful it really is her voice is just it's something that listen i gotta tell you this real quick we, we were uh in the middle of writing we fall we break of recording at rose city recordings and i heard pamela singing in the shower and I was like, oh, my God, we've been needing this female voice. And she's never done this before. A week later, she's singing on my first EP. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and now is like, you know, the second longest member in the band. And it's just it's just incredible. We share the stage together now. And it's just it's something beautiful. And right? I'm going to share something with uh, our listeners. Uh, Pamela is also the person who made sure that Walter was able to get connected to Zoom and Zencast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had Pamela not been have been here, this cat, this interview wouldn't be happening. Right never actually. would have taken place. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Pamela, for that. They <laughs> said thank you. <laughs> so I got to tell you, um, Aaron introduced me to your music uh, the first time. Uh, was Oceans was the first song years that I I heard. Mm. I love that song, man. That. Uh, I, I play that song probably at least once a week. I just does something for me, you know, hits me. Uh... That means a lot, man. That means a lot. I wrote that song for, uh, for my daughter, Josie Marie, who was at the time nine, you know, I don't get to see her that often. And, you know, it was the perfect excuse to write a song for my baby girl. She's my only daughter. And, you know, I think it's a song for all of us parents, man, that just eventually, you know, we send our kids out into the world or, Sometimes we don't get to spend as much time as we would like with them. And it's just a song that I felt would help, would help uh, parents connect with their, with their children a little bit. I felt. Yeah, that's uh, that I'll put a link to that song in the show notes, if that's okay with you, Walter, I'd like, please. Yeah, no, please do. And you know, I mean, first of all, your daughter's cute as a button, but uh, I have two daughters who are grown up and I send them that song just and they lay, they, well, you've met Emily. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the sweetest. <laughs> sometimes. And, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> joking, Emily, I'm joking. Um, so I said that the song, because like, like Tony says, it, it, it touches you in, in so many ways. And it's, um, but then everything on the EP does too. I mean, it's an incredible oh, EP. Thank you so much, man. That one, it was my first record ever putting out into the world. And so it's full of, uh, you know, family, the trials and tribulations we go through, relationships, you know, it's just, 
crammed into this little six six song EP, man. And Walter, uh, I know you're pretty active on social media. So uh, a little while ago, you did something uh, really interesting uh, with the uh, Kentucky. Uh, music was it the what is was that the Kentucky Music Hall of Fame? I'm I'm probably not getting that yeah. right, but I did see those posts and that looked really cool. What was that all about? Yeah, man. So Pamela and I were recently uh, deemed artist in residence at the Kentucky Music Hall of Fame, and uh, we played a small show there that they filmed, and we played with a handful of others. We actually headlined that show, and um, it was just a big deal. That was with Listen Locally out of Lexington, Kentucky. Um, we were at, the, as, as we, we just mentioned, the Kentucky Music Hall of Fame. And it was just, it was a really big deal for us, man. You know, it was just, that was, because we're not even from there. <laughs> we haven't been, you know, we haven't been at this, but we play there enough that when we do play there, we have somewhat of a following, you mm-hmm. know. And it's just, I mean, in, in Red Bar and Radio, you know, another just huge huge step for us and we couldn't be more grateful for Kentucky man I'm telling you we love Kentucky yeah so it sounds like you're uh you're dealing well with the with the pandemic I'm not sure uh you know what state of lockdown in West Virginia do you guys have right now uh we are I think we're at um is it level one where you can still eat out but you have to wear masks we stay masked you know, whenever whenever you go into a restaurant, they only allow so many people, and uh, we're not having really a whole lot of shows. I know they were doing some drive-in shows, but they're talking about. I, I was just talking with them at the Empty Glass, actually, and they're about to start having shows in moderation, adherent to the COVID nineteen stipulations. Yeah, so I mean, things are looking up a little bit, but it sounds like you're pretty similar uh, to what we're experiencing here in Ottawa. What about in Toronto, Aaron? Well, we've 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 taken a step back as well. I mean, there's um there's a few drive-in shows, and I'm gonna tell you, I miss live concerts, yeah, Tony and uh, Walter. I I go, yeah, yeah, you know, it's just it's it's killing <laughs> me. And that and and I go see a lot of local bands. I mean, I I mean, I go see the biggies too, you know. And this was the year I had tickets for. You know, you you know, you had those dream years where you think I'm finally going to see, uh, you know, Clanid and Kraftwerk and. <laughs> All these shows gone. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and there's so much, I mean, like in Ottawa, there's a lot of great local talent. We have a great places here to, for bands to play. And, and uh, I go out a lot to see bands and it's killing me. Yeah, for sure. Mm. And, you know, and uh, <laughs> like Rick and I haven't done a live show together and because uh, we're a jazz duo, right? So we were playing two, three times a week uh, before the shutdown. Right, now, right. I mean, you know, we're, we're just waiting to hear, but uh It'll it'll be it'll come, I'm sure. Yeah. But Walter, I'm glad it sounds like you're uh, handling this really well, so that's fantastic. Oh, thank you, Tony. You know, we're giving it hell. Right <laughs> we're not letting anything slow us down. This is my this, this is this is our, my dream since I was since I was small, you know, since I heard my grandmother playing those old hymns to us to us kids in a rocking chair. This has been something that I've wanted to do. That's amazing, Walter. Well, this looks like a great time to take a break. So let's do our music history moment, and we'll be right back with Walter DeBar. On October 18, 1956, rising young star Elvis Presley pulled into a Memphis gas station 
and promptly started to attract a crowd of autograph seekers. Gas station manager Ed Hopper had repeatedly asked Elvis and the crowd to move, and finally slapped Presley in the head out of frustration. The 21-year-old star proceeded to punch Hopper in the nose. A scuffle ensued with another employee trying to help his boss, but they were no match for the younger, more athletic Presley. Several police officers who happened to be standing nearby rushed over and promptly arrested all three men. They were brought to the county jail and all three posted the bail of $52. The next day in court, over 200 women arrived to witness the proceedings. Hopper and his employee were both fined for taking the law into their own hands. Presley, however, was let off with a warning that considering his large following, he should cooperate with business people in order to avoid disruptions. Elvis said that he would and left the courtroom surrounded by a very excited crowd. Speaking to a reporter afterward, Elvis was quoted as saying, It's getting where I can't even leave the house without something happening to me. The event made national news and critics seized the opportunity to show how rock and roll negatively affected young people. But of course, the incident only made Elvis more appealing to his young fans. And we're back. What a great story about Elvis Presley. I, and you know, it's it's interesting that that wasn't the only time he got in trouble with the law for fighting. Did you know that? I think I did when I was reading, but is there, I'm not sure the specifics of the other one. Well, the other one was there was a, a barroom fight in November of 56, but in 57, this is really cool, in March of 1957, he got into a fight with a Marine over a girl, and he actually pulled a gun on the Marine. What? But the gun oh was a, the gun was a prop from a movie. No. <laughs> oh so my the, goodness! He had to write a letter of apology. So he's a bit of a hothead in this period. <laughs> well, you know when I when I read the uh, when I read the uh, the write up of his uh, altercation in the gas station, you know, like Elvis, what? Well, he was a pretty tall guy, right? Like he was he six was. feet or six one or something. You know, six one one eighty five, and the uh, the gas station owner was uh, twice his age, five five and one hundred and sixty pounds. So. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I, I, you know, people forget that about Elvis. The guy had a, you know, he was a human. He was great, great story, right. yeah. great story, Tony. Great story. So cool. Yeah, that is a, that is such a great story, Tony. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, uh, now uh, we're going to move into uh, the second segment here of the show. And uh, as I mentioned in the um, introduction, uh, we're going to be keeping it real here. And uh, the theme uh, that Walter wanted to talk about today was second chances. So uh, we're going to be talking about how music has helped uh, us through some pretty difficult times in our lives. And uh Walter, I'm going to turn it over to you first, I think, because it's quite a story that you've got to share. So uh, I'll, I'll turn it to you. Oh, man, I appreciate you. I really, well, first off, I appreciate you, Tony, and you, Aaron, both, man. Like, this is, uh, it's been so much easier to talk to you guys just because I've gotten to know you guys. You know, Aaron and I, that's literally, Aaron is literally my brother, and, and you and I have gotten so close already. It's just, <clears throat> so I was born in Buchanan, West Virginia way out in the middle of the woods with a family having the last name Kuhn, K-O-O-N. They are German, as I'll get out. You know, they're Caucasian, and I'm black, so you can imagine the struggles. <laughs> if there's a racist joke, I've probably heard it a thousand times. So I grew up like that for a while, man, and it was a little, it was a little rough. 
you know, growing up in the mountains. But um, my, my first experience with music was with my grandmother, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I heard she used to play these old hymns on this old Yamaha red label guitar that I was just obsessed with. And um, she ended up giving me that guitar, you know, before literally a week or two before she passed. And my grandfather followed her a week later, but that was my first memory of of music and the one that has stuck with me. And I think the one that drives me the most, you know, and I, so I grew up listening to punk rock after that, though, you know, spit in your face, throw 40 bottles at the cop car, punk rock, like dead Kennedys, Jello Biafra, you know, circle jerks, screeching weasel, Operation Ivy. And, uh, you know, I slept in abandoned houses. There was this punk house in Morgantown, West Virginia, where all the shows were. And, you know, I was that African-American kid in a leather jacket throwing beer bottles against the wall and kicking windows out of cop cars. It's amazing that I didn't go to jail before, you know, before I ended up going, before I was old enough to go. <laughs> so um, that's a little bit of how I grew up, man. But I, I picked up a guitar, an old acoustic, when I was about 16 years old at this at this uh, pawn shop. My, my, my biological father had passed, and I was getting some money for Social Security or whatever. And I bought this old guitar, and I dragged it around with me for years, man. I could never sing. Until I got out of prison just a few years ago, I ended up at this halfway house because I didn't have anywhere else to go. You know, everybody's, everyone was gone really, aside from my little brother and my little sisters. And I couldn't just go, you know, live off them because I didn't have any money. So I went to this halfway house in Beckley, West Virginia. And uh, I'll never forget it, man. Two big dudes came out with some huge beards. And I was like, shit, this is it. Like, they're going to, they're going to get me in here and they're going to end me. They're probably racist. You know? <laughs> that was literally my take. I mean, well, you know what I mean? After everything I've been through, I get out of prison after being there for years into this house. And here comes these two huge tattooed up, ended up being my family, man. They taught me to find my voice. As soon as I got there, I looked in the corner. They had this old classical guitar there. And, um, the coordinator, Ronnie Dale, I'll never forget, man. He, uh, he had an upright bass and he heard me playing classical and he's like, man, we should play, we should jam together sometime. And he sort of coaxed me into being comfortable enough with, with my own voice because the first time I sang, you know, one of my buddies recorded it. He was like, let me record you, man. It sounds so good. And I was like, sure. So we shot this video and then uh, he posted it <laughs> on social media. And I was like, you turd. And then like 60 people shared it. And it was, it was crazy. And so, you know, in a, in a quick, in a quick summarization, I guess that would be, uh, that would be a little bit about Walter. <laughs> I have, to, yeah, I have to, to jump in before you, sorry, Tony, because I yeah, know you no, have an incredible, ahead. you have a, an incredible story to tell, but I want to tell Walter, I was a punk before you were a punk mm. and I can I didn't have a dad. I were very poor, not the same situation as you, but very poor. And I was really into punk in the late seventies because I'm older than you. Oh, and, my and, God, I, and, and I had the I had the yellow spiked hair. Yeah. And the, and and, and, the, and my, my my sister-in-law worked at the Whitby Psychiatric Hospital, so for a coat, I used to wear a straight jacket. That's and, awesome. <laughs> That's so tough. <laughs> so I, I was I was into the pistols, the damn, the clash, the buzzcocks, yeah. the band. 
But uh, anyways, I, I had to tell you that because I thought, you know, this yellow spider. That is so cool, man. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I had, yeah, that is just, I had no idea here. <laughs> yeah, you see me now, right? Yeah, yeah I'm like, what? That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. We're all getting in dad mode here lately. I feel exactly. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I, I uh, I'd like to see a picture of the uh, yellow hair sometime. <laughs> I feel like that should be the cover of, of this. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, I'll, I'll take the picture of when Walter takes out the first recording of him. Oh, I have it. Do you? <laughs> You're in so much trouble. I think I am. <laughs> Oh, excellent. That's awesome. But yeah, it sounds like, uh, Walter, um, I mean, music really saved you there, you know, and, uh, mm. I, I think that's one of the, the beautiful things about music is, is it does, it gets us through the worst, you know? Oh my God, it does, man. Yeah. I honestly don't know where I'd be without music. You know, I'm not, I'm not good at a whole lot. You know, I love, I love the, I love the hell out of, out of people. And I think that, you know, I have this sense of compassion that wouldn't have came had it not been music. You know, I never would have met Aaron. I never would have met you. There's so many people that I've met, man, just through the music. And and people say, you know, you have this many fans. And, and the thing is, with us, man, it's not about having fans. And it's about, it's about this family growing, you know, because I want to be able to go anywhere in the world and know someone, you know what I mean? And hug them and be able to spend some time with them. That's just, that's just some of my outlook. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, music has helped me through uh, probably the most difficult time of my life. Um, mm. Aaron knows this, but uh, I had uh, cancer back in uh, 2017. I found out that I had uh, stage three uh, colon cancer and um, you know, I'm an energetic guy. Normally I'm like the energizer bunny and I, I, can go and go and go and go you know when I was uh gigging all the time and I was at the high school doing band every night of the week you know after school and and that second semester that year I was so tired I would have to uh at the end of the day go to my office and turn the lights out and and literally like nap for 20 minutes to get ready for the next class I I didn't know what was wrong with me and um of course and it just got worse and worse and worse and and uh you know, finally, after a few trips to emerge, they figured there was something pretty serious wrong. So I found out I had uh, cancer, but, um, you know, I obviously, uh, my wife, Cynthia, I owe a huge debt to her and, and to the rest of my family, but, uh, I also owe a huge debt to, uh, Rick Denis, who is my partner in the Somerset combo. And he writes the music for this show. And, um, I found out on July 17th, 2017, that I had cancer and uh, Rick and I had a gig that night, actually. And uh, I texted him because he knew something was wrong. I mean, it was pretty obvious. I wasn't looking well. And um, and he said, you know, do you want me to call him and cancel a show? And I said, no, like, let's do it, you know, because mm. I don't want to sit here and mope. And uh, Rick and I uh, played that show. And then, of course, I had to go for surgery and six months of uh, chemotherapy. But while I was going through chemotherapy, uh, Rick and I were able to uh, continue gigging. I was on a, for anybody who's done uh, chemotherapy, I mean, it's different for every person, but uh, my schedule was a two week schedule. And um, so, you know, I'd go for a treatment, feel like garbage for a week. And then the second week you'd 
gradually feel better. And uh, by the time it was the night before the um, next treatment, I would be able to play a gig. So Rick and I would play this regular gig that we had. And the owner of the place was excellent. He knew what was going on with me and he scheduled us in. Hmm. And uh, I'd be exhausted, you know, by the end of the third set. But uh, Rick was there with me and uh, that really kept me going, you know. And uh, he, quite often he would have to drive and, and uh, you know, it was incredible. But it got me through that. And it, and it just was uh, an example of, you know, just being able to maintain some kind of control uh, when you feel like everything's spiraling out of control like that. And uh, got through it okay, you know. I feel great now. I've been, uh, well, cancer-free since... Uh, February 2018 so no complaints you know feel feel really good and very grateful for sure that's a beautiful story Tony wow yeah that's inspiring thank you thanks well you know that's why I I can't speak highly enough about Rick you know what a what a friend that guy is and uh that was amazing to to help me get through that I'm going to be shooting him a friend request as soon as we get off uh, this conversation. Um, so I, I did warn you folks that we're keeping it real tonight. So no, that's no. My, my real story. Um, we are going to move on to our next break. We've got a great one. It's our, uh, you say it's your birthday segment. And uh, Aaron, I only did one for this birthday segment because it's a really important one. So uh, let's cut to break and we'll be right back. Today, we're going to celebrate an especially important birthday. Chuck Berry was born on October 18, 1926. Berry's influence on rock and roll can't be overstated, and he deservedly earned the nickname the father of rock and roll. Berry died in 2017 at the age of 90. He was the very first inductee into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1986 and was a major influence on groups such as the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. His classic song, Johnny Be Good, is preserved on the gold record on the Voyager spacecraft that is hurtling through the cosmos. And we're back celebrating the birthday of the great Chuck Berry. You know, I got to stop you for a second, Tony. I got a bone to pick right now. Uh, I love Chuck Berry. I grew up with Chuck Berry. I have 78 recordings, like 78, the old 78, 10-inch. My mom loved Chuck Berry. His only number one song in his entire career. Do you know what it was? Oh, my goodness. And it guaranteed it's not going to be one of the big ones like Johnny Be Good or any of those. My Dingling. Oh, Come gosh. on. Come on, man. <laughs> not, not like none of his classic rock and roll. No, no. It's My Dingling. I just hate that. Yeah. We that, got, we're talking about a guy that wrote Sweet and Listen to Steam. I, I, ah. Anyways, had to share. Had to share. Sorry. Yeah, no. What, a, what an interesting guy he was, too, eh? Boy. Oh, genius. Genius. Uh, rock and roll music. Roll over Beethoven. Maybelline. Maybelline. Yeah, incredible. Incredible. Oh, sorry. 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 Okay. <laughs> Never a problem, my friend. Never. So uh, we're in the home stretch here, and... Uh, Aaron, you had something pretty special about Walter that you wanted to share, because I know Walter probably would uh, not admit this himself, but uh, it's a pretty cool thing. So I'm going to let Aaron uh, tell us about this. Walter is far too modest. Um, I I agree. He he organized three days, uh, three consecutive months, a a whole 12 hours from noon to midnight 
uh, and I'm going to say I'm going to say it the Canadian way. He says it the the cooler way. But he <laughs> Appalachian music. Are these bands from West Virginia? Can talk, I mean, first of all, what the hell is in the drinking water? There? <laughs> but but Tony, Tony, every 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 festival, twelve hours, okay? Two different bands an hour. Three, what was it? Thirty-six bands. I mean, I don't, I'm for failed math, but it's it's a lot of bands. <laughs> And Walter organized it. Him and Pamela organized it. And Walter, you talk a bit about it because you organized it. I, 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 I had, a, I helped a wee bit, but man, what a festival those were! Those were great. Oh, they were all streamed, folks. They were like live streams. Oh man, you guys are putting me on the on the on dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> I just love you, Aaron and Tony. I just, you guys are already brothers, man. So Pamela and I organized this festival. We titled it Appalachian Folk Festival Livestream. It was an online music festival. And Aaron, you almost nailed the number. We had a total of, I want to say it was 33, 34 artists, uh, groups play the festival. Each artist would play a 45-minute set. And uh, it was all independently organized you know all the proceeds it was a three-month festival so each month all the proceeds went to a different organization you know that that either we or the world felt needed it at the time and um we we had aaron had got us plugged up with the spill magazine and you know we we just blew it up at one of the festivals we had nearly ten thousand people going or interested and that i don't know if anyone i don't know how familiar everyone is with social media and with online live streaming festivals but that number Mm -hmm. is uh it's something (laughs) something special man and we had some of the coolest some of the most talented artists play it man and it just it just blew up man and it was something you had you had you had talented artists, and you had two of the coolest hosts. Oh, ever. <laughs> and Walter between, oh. between every act, with, it's a your daughter was. It was. It was awesome. It really um, was so cool. Man. <laughs> and, you, and you performed. You, you and Pamela performed. Yeah, Pamela and I performed. You know, we had the duet, the Little Blue Hearts, and uh, we played a set. And one of our very dear friends, um, she's she has recently passed. She was to play a set and something happened and she was in the hospital, Carrie, Carrie Aaron. And, um, you know, we want to send her love to the stars and hope she's watching us. But, you know, it was just something Pamela and I talked about one evening on the couch that we're sitting on right now, man. And it just turned into something amazing. <laughs> Seriously, truly. I mean, I mean, worldwide, you know, it was. And here's something you may not know, Walter, you caused a great many fights between my wife and I because I would <laughs> I would I was watching all these beds and quickly ordering all the albums. Oh my God. <laughs> I've caused many a fights between husband and wife. Many <laughs> so, that is so not true. That is not true whatsoever. That's no, she wasn't, she, we didn't fight, but she was like, oh, Aaron, you can't go to her. You're spending so much money. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I don't have any money. I don't have any, right? Oh, same. <laughs> well, you know, this looks like a, a great spot to uh, bring it home. Before we uh, 
move on though, Aaron, you uh, have to do our six degrees of Beatlemania. So let's cue up Rick's music and we'll do six degrees of Beatlemania. In honor of Walter, you're wondering how I'm going to do a Beatle thing today, right? To six degrees of Beatle mania. Well, yeah, yeah. West Virginia, my your your your, your stomping grounds. Uh, last year and every year they do a concert, a tribute to the Beatles. Uh, that's a fundraiser. The money goes to West Virginia's Fund for the Arts, and they get a lot of independent artists. Uh, Minor Swing, um, Mark Scarpelli, Robert Soult, and they do the entire Beatle catalog in one day. And all the money goes to funding the West Virginia Fund for the Arts. And it's held at the West Virginia Culture Center Theater at the state capitol grounds. So, wow. Beatlemania, alive and well in West Virginia, folks. I think I just nice. fell in love with the Beatles. <laughs> just now? <laughs> Walter, we got, we, we got to talk, my friend. We got to talk. We got to right. talk so much. Aaron will convert you there pretty quickly. <laughs> So, uh, Walter, it has been a real pleasure having you on the show today. I could not wait for this chat, and uh, so great to have you on. You've got a great story to tell, and uh, thanks for sharing, man. Man, it means so much to be here. You guys have such a cool such a cool thing going on here, man. The vibe, just everything about you guys. This is just such a great show, and I appreciate you guys so much for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks a lot, Walter. And so, folks, um, the as always, you know, I always encourage people, if you're enjoying the show, uh, please subscribe because then you'll get uh, updates in your podcast app about uh, when a new episode comes out. And if you want to leave a rating or a review, that really helps us as well. You can also go on stewytunes.com and catch all kinds of news and show notes. And uh, I'll have all, all kinds of information about Walter posted on the show notes. So uh, here we go. We did rehearse this during the break. We're going to the the, uh, the big sign off here. Uh, so Walter's watching me intently for the point. So here we go. So until we meet again. This is Walter DeBar with the Stewie Tune Show. Stay safe and stay safe and be well. Right on. Stay safe and be well, folks. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Stewie Tune Show. Follow us on social media or visit us online at stewytunes.com. And if you're enjoying the show, don't forget to click subscribe.